the littlest thing in your day can set you in a direction that you don't even realize until it is so depressing. I mean, my God. And you didn't even realize something so little. That's why I have to be so very careful what the first thing I look on my phone for when I get up in the morning. Because it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. And I don't care who you follow on Instagram, they find a way into your feed. The people you unfollowed, they find a way back in. The algorithm will attack you. Somebody said the devil is a luring lion. So is the Instagram algorithm. It is looking for someone to devour. That's why they call it a feed. <laughs> I figured this out. He's looking to eat you alive. Ah, something so little. It said that the word from Elijah's mouth controlled the weather system. How could something so small? How could how could a wet market on the other side of the world have you shut down and grounded from traveling? There's never been a better time for me to preach this message that I want to preach today, because everybody has to agree in this moment, if you've never agreed before, that the, that the littlest thing in your life or the littlest thing in someone else's life can affect you in a way. I'm telling you right now. That the littlest things in your life right now, if you can receive this word from the Lord today, are controlling the things, and maybe we can help make this connection through studying Elijah a little bit, controlling the things that you have no control over. And I'll do my best to break it down as we move. I've always read Romans 8:28 with a very specific categorization. Romans 8:28 is my favorite Bible verse because it gets me through anything. It says that all things work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. How could I have quoted it for so long and only seen it through the lens of good things and bad things? I always read Romans 8:28 that all things, whether good or bad, work together for the good for those who are called according to God's purpose. Now I realize that Romans 8.28 doesn't just apply to good things and bad things. It applies also to big things and little things. Turn the lights on and wake them up. I can't get any help out here. It said all things. Turn the lights on and wake them up. Do something. Pull the lights up because it's sleepy. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's better. I need to see y'all sleeping. Y'all are sleeping on me. I'm about to clear out the whole room. It doesn't just mean good things and bad things. It means that the big things and the little things, and that's why you cannot despise the day of small beginnings. Because everything little leads to something big. That's how you got here. I'm gonna give y'all a minute for the for the YouTube delay. That's how you got that's how everything you see got here. It started with somebody's thought. An impulse in the brain that you cannot even see with the human eye. A virus has shut down the world. Show me a coronavirus. You can't. Show me the effects of it. You can't get away from it. How can something so little affect something so big? How can something that happened to you when you were 12 
still be haunting you when you're 42? How can something so little control something so big? And that's the lens at which I was looking at the prophet Elijah's life. I was saying, he controlled the weather with his word. And I thought about how our words control the weather. How when we speak things, when we say things, when we say them not even out loud but to ourselves, it, it affects the weather of our heart. Yeah. How can, a, how can a little thing like a thought lead you down a track? I mean, it's such a little thing, but little things lead to big things. Little, little things lead to big things. So, the prophet Elijah prophesies a drought, and it's a wonderful story, and we could elaborate on it for days, but we just want to talk about this little instruction that God gave him in verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. Okay. That, that verse right there, it kind of sounds on the surface like, like God will tell you everything that you need to do in your life, but, but I want to show you something very interesting about how God spoke to Elijah. Um, one time someone asked me, what do you mean when you say God spoke to me? And he, and he asked it very innocently. He said, I hear you preaching and say, God spoke to me. I'm not sure God ever spoke to me. What do you mean when you say God spoke to me? And the challenging thing about it was he was hearing that as a voice, but really I meant it as a thought. I don't experience God through uh, my ears. I experience him through my thoughts. And then I call it God spoke to me, but I didn't hear a voice. And here's what's interesting about how, how God was leading Elijah, because you gotta, you got to pay attention to the, the small things in the text, because the little things matter. It said, he told him, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Whoa, can we stop for a minute and talk about how ridiculous How's this going to work? We just read it, right? We just skip right past it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes down there and the birds bring him. The birds? Get ready for God to explode your box of how you think he's going to provide for you. Huh? We have all these limitations on ways that we think God can take care of us. We have all these limitations on ways that we think that God can take care of our family. We have all these limitations on ways that we think God can use us. We have all these limitations on ways that we think that God can order our life and ways that we think. But, but God said, get ready for me to take the lid off and start blessing you through birds. And not just birds, not just any kind of birds, but I'm going to use ravens, unclean birds, dirty birds. Have you ever had God bless you through a dirty bird? I need you to put a dirty bird blessing in the chat. If you ever had God use something just ridiculous, didn't make sense, didn't see it coming, didn't even like it, God has used people I didn't even like to bless me before. Dirty birds. The ravens were dirty birds. God said, I'm going I'm to use a dirty bird to feed you by the Kareth Ravine. 
And uh, he does this for a while. He, he does this for a while. If I, if I could tell you the whole story, I would, because Ahab now, he needs to see that God controls the rain, not Baal. He needs to see that God controls the rain, not Baal. He, he needs to know that, 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 that God is in control, that God is not only in control of the big things in our life, but the small things in our life. Follow me. I promise you this is a powerful, profound word for those who can receive it. And so he takes Elijah to a place where he feeds him what he needs in that season. Now, you've been in a season lately where God hasn't been feeding you the same way he used to feed you. And the word is so relevant right now because up until now, you had a certain way of how you thought it had to be. I had a certain way I thought church was supposed to be. I thought in order to have church, you had to let people in the building. But God, God took the lid off of that. Come on. God is trying to take the lid off of that just to show me that church is not just going to be contained to a physical location. And now I'm setting you up. God is trying to show you the same thing in your life. You've had some people leave you because God wanted to show you that you don't need them to make it. Less claps. Y'all were clapping when I talked about closing the church. That was weird. You just left me. Because, because watch what the Bible says. It says that every day the birds brought him bread in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. But in verse 7, Verse 7, it says that sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Let's talk about cause and effect. The brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Why had there been no rain in the land? Because Elijah spoke there will be no rain in the land. So now he is the victim of the consequence of his own obedience. It's cause and effect. And, and every day he goes out to get some, some water from the brook, there's a little bit less. And every day he goes out to get water from the brook, it's a little bit less. And every day he goes out to get water from the brook, it's a little bit less. And you got to be wondering right about now, when is God going to stop it from, from going down? Have you been wondering that lately? Like, when is God going to stop it from decreasing? And this is not a message for everybody. If you're living in a time of overflow, it's wonderful. I'll see you next week. I'll preach next week on living in the overflow. But this message is about the little bit. Every time he came to the brook, this didn't happen all at once. It's just a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less, a little bit less, until the point where one day he comes to the brook and there's nothing there. And he has to move to the next miracle. So how does God move you to your next miracle? Let me ask you a question. It's a conversation now. Do you want God to lead you? How did God lead Elijah from the brook to the widow's house? How does God get us from where we are to where he's taking us? How does he get us from the good work he began to the good work he wants to finish? It may not be the way that you think, because the Bible says that God led Elijah 
to his next assignment through a limitation. Get my teaching stool. We often say things like, where God guides, he provides. And he does. He'll put a dirty bird to feed you by a brook. He'll show you a secret stash that nobody else in the neighborhood even knows about. How many know I'm right about it? God will encourage you in ways that are specific to you. But just as sure as that is true, this is also true. Sometimes God will lead you through what you lose. And this is the more painful thing to talk about, but I think it's very important. Is God trying to lead you by limitations? And, and is God trying to lead you just as much by the doors that he closes as the doors that he opens? If the brook had kept flowing miraculously, Elijah never would have left that spot. If Elijah never would have left that spot, he never would have met that widow. If he never would have met that widow, that widow and her family would have died of starvation. If he never would have gone to Zarephath, which was right in the heart of Baal territory, he never would have got to Mount Carmel, where he called down fire and the whole nation repented. Isn't it crazy how a little thing can lead to a big thing. Isn't it weird how, how something can go all over the world but start with one little connection? Isn't it crazy how God can, can use something in your life that you thought it was bad, but later you look back and say, no, it, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just a thing that led to a thing. It's just a thing that leads to a thing. So all things work together for the good. So if the brook doesn't dry up, Elijah doesn't move on. If they didn't break your heart, you wouldn't have learned the lesson that you learned. If you didn't go through Goliath, you wouldn't have been ready to be a king. If you hadn't been thrown in a pit, you wouldn't have been positioned in Egypt to feed generations. You meant it for evil, but God used it for good. Put it in the chat. Take the lid off. Take the lid off. You know, we have all of these lids, or I could call it all of these limitations on the ways that we think God can move. And if it feels good, we think it's God. And if it feels bad, we think it's the devil. But God is calling us to recategorize in this season of our life. I prove it to you. David came to Goliath and saw him as a meal ticket. The rest of the nation saw him as an enemy. <laughs> the king said, if you kill Goliath, you never pay taxes again, and you can marry my hot daughter, the hot one. David said, what now? Let me do the math on this. Okay. How big is he? It doesn't matter. Watch this. Because a little thing. <laughs> I'm waiting on them to catch up. You look like you you look like you know the power of a little thing. A little thing. Saul said, "You're only a boy. You can't fight him. He's 9 feet tall. You think somebody as little as you can kill somebody as big as him?" And David said, "No, no, no. I only look little." See, the reason I look little 
is because I have to be hidden. I'm a secret weapon. A secret weapon can't be real big. God had to sneak me to the battle line. And how did he get there? How did he get there? Through bringing a lunch to his brothers. That's a little thing. What did he see when he got there? A nine foot tall giant. That's a big thing. Isn't it crazy how a little thing can lead to a big thing? How you coming through Monk's Corner, South Carolina could lead to lead me to Christ? Isn't that crazy? That I went to North Greenville and met my wife because you came through Monk's Corner, because you signed up for the ministry and you obedience, little thing? Take the lid off a little. Because I found out that what you call little might be the thing that God leads you to what is exceeding abundantly above or beyond what you could ask or imagine. Hey, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video or live stream. And share this video with a friend. And don't forget, you can join me live every Sunday. Thanks again for watching.